think I can remember it. It's a little coarse. Yeah, I won't steal it this time. Okay, I won't steal it this time, brother. And if you know it, you can sing it with me. It's sung by Clint Brown. You heard of him? This song was wrote one weekend. Oh, you turn my mic on? I was going to try to leave it off. I tell you, I'm going to mute it, though, because I get too high sometimes in a song, and I'll turn it back on in a minute. Don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ain't got to holler at me. But Clint Brown was on his way to, uh, is it on? Did I turn it on off? It's not on? I got it off of mute. What have I done, Brother Aaron? But he was, he rode on a certain jet to go to all his concerts and everywhere he would go, and he would, it was chartered. And uh, he had the same years and years and years. But if I don't get in a mic, you can't hear the story, can you? It ain't working. Oh, there it is. There it is. As he chartered this plane constantly for years and years to fly his whole band and team, it was on a monthly basis. He just had it, same plane. One day he called, said, I'm headed out, and I need that plane. And they said, we have done, chartered it out to someone else. So he said, well, give me another plane. This is how this song was wrote. Powerful man, powerful. And they said, okay. So the ones that had rented his plane was in the air. And just before landing, run into a mountain. Everybody on board was killed. Clint Brown was supposed to have been on that plane. Now I know he's not in the message you know but he flew to this hotel room and in this place he started writing this song and this is where this song was wrote if I think I can remember where would I be you only know I'm glad you see Through eyes of love I was a hopeless case Such an empty place Where would I be? Where would I be? You only know I'm glad that you see Through eyes of love I was a hopeless case Oh, was an empty place If not for grace, Amen. 
Such an empty place If not for grace Here's another verse to it And I thank you For the things I cannot see You've been a shelter storms of life a shield surrounding me oh and I thank you for the mercy you provided and I know you could have walked away oh but you thousands of times amazing grace how sweet the sound I was once lost oh but now I'm found I was a hopeless case I was an empty place If not for His grace I was a hopeless case I was an empty place If not for grace. That's how that song was wrote. Because he only knows day to day. He only knows. Not me, not you. He knows. So where would we be today without his grace? You think about it, children. Each one of us. Where would you be tonight without his grace? Each, Each individual, where would you be without that grace? We'd be in a mess. We'd be in a mess. Genesis 2, verse 8. It's a privilege to be here with you today. Appreciate the opportunity to be able to come. I'm going to continue on kingdom versus mind world. I preached it 
about a month and a half ago here, one service on the law of environment. And there's just so much in it, and I've tried to get away from it. And matter of fact, I'm still studying on it at home. So I've laid off of it a couple of weeks. But I, I, I want to go back into this because I think it's something that will help us. I think it's something that each one of us really need. I believe that our only way of hope, our only way of getting out of here is by endurance. Sorry. I believe it's going to wind up, and we're here, endurance is where we're going to get out of here. That's why so many is falling off in general. John the Revelator closes out book of Revelations, those that endure. To the end will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I believe that's where we're at. Some will preach on the law of environment, the kingdom versus the mind world. The mind world is one word. Not two words, very distinctive difference in mind, world, or mind, world. So I want to hone in on that just for a little lesson, if we could. In Genesis 2, verse 8, and God, very familiar scripture, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that was pleasant to the sight, good for food, tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. May the Lord add his blessings as you're seated today. Now, <clears throat> you find out that as these two trees here in the garden, they could have eaten, they had the ability, they had the ability to eat of either one that they desired to eat of anytime they wanted to. But yet this other tree said, I don't want you to touch it lest you die. So once they begin to come in this now, you've got to understand, I want to look at the mind. Because everything you do every day of your life starts with your mind. You can't get out of bed unless you have it here first. I feel like that we don't place enough emphasis there because that's the thing that Satan chose in the control tower to battle us with, Brother Brown said. So you can't go to work, you can't do anything without first it coming here. It's got to become in here first. So this other tree, he said, I don't want you to touch it unless you die. So the consequences of this touching of this tree or partaking of this tree, the consequences was death, which means a result or an effect. A result or an effect of an action are a condition. So their action, listen carefully, their action throw the whole human race into where we are today. The consequences was death. We have this other tree that we can partake of any time, but no, no, we want to partake of this one. That's just like people today. Tell them don't do something, they can't do nothing. They're going to do the very thing you tell them not to do. Why? Because that's the human mind. Amen. You say, well, I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I've got a double portion of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you got 10 portions of the Holy Ghost. You still live in Realville. The thing of it is, people think they've got so much of the message and so many quotes and so many of the Holy Ghost that they, they're not, they are exempt of those things. You're not. 
That's where we've made so many fatal mistakes. You are not exempt from all those things. Why? Because you live in this. This right here. You understand? Now, it brought a death. It brought a separation from God. Their action, their result, or their effect from this tree messed up their mind. Now, if the result from messing with this tree messed up their mind, what do you think it'll do to you and I? Same thing. Keep in mind, you get the Holy Ghost dead in your soul, not your mind. Now, I believe when Philippians 2.5, I believe that's where we're at. We preached on it all of our lives. But it seems like to me, Brother Gene, we placed it out yonder somewhere, somewhere else. Well, one of these days we'll get the mind of Christ. One of these days we should already have the mind of Christ. And this will help you young people too, and it'll help all of us. Now let's watch. There's a big difference in being made and created. I'm going to break it down. I won't hold you long. All right, I'll preach two hours. You talked me into it. There's a big difference in being made and created. You understand what I'm saying? The word created, listen, the word created means to take from nothing and make something. God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing there. He spoke by his words. But in order for God to speak first, there had to be a law of his environment. That from his mind, he had the thought, I'm going to speak this and it will come to pass. You understand? Now listen carefully. To take from nothing and make something, that's powerful to me. That's creative power. Now what's the word made is to take from what is already there and turn it into another form. God, God told the truth, Satan takes from the truth, creates a lie. Because Satan couldn't tell the truth to begin with. You understand? Notice in Jude 1, if you, have, if you would think about it for a second, the Bible says that the, I have it here somewhere. The Bible made a statement and it said in Jude 1, this be all right? Yes, Notice, it says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto judgment of the great day. So the angels, God placed them in a, a, a place, a condition that they as they were there, but the Jews says they left, they pulled out, they separated from that condition. Oh my. Notice, they kept not their first estate, but left their own, their own place that God placed them in. That's what's happening today. I made the statement last time I was here, you can't take a fish out of water and expect it to live. Why? Because you've taken the fish out of its environment that God requires for it to be in. If there's no atmosphere, you take it away, the birds can't fly. If you take the, all the, the sun, the moon, the stars, all that God placed up there, God put it up there. It needs each other for whatever that God wanted it to do. I don't know the, all the ins and outs. But I know that God spoke and said, let there be, and there it was. 
So if you take one alligator out of its environment, then it cannot work. Right? So now where did all of those where did all of those angels go that left their first estate? See, this deals with the mind world. Where did all of these angels that left their first state according to Jude, where did they go? They're not in hell. They're not in heaven. So where are they at? What causes you and I to deal with the mind world? What causes Tim Burdett to deal with mind world? What causes you to have to deal with this? After all, I believe I've got the Holy Ghost. I believe that you got it. But yet there's something else that I still have to deal with mind world. I called it realville last time. You still got to live in it. You still got to deal with it. But God made preparations for you to live in this world. Peter said, Lord, help me. He said, I pray that you'll not take out, but God help you through it. So then there's got to be a way of help. So where did these angels that was in their condition, that was in their spot, but yet God reserved an everlasting change under, listen to the scriptures now, Jude 1.6, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness. So now my question to you is, where's this darkness? I need a little bit bigger pulpit now. Because Satan's desire is always to place one little seed of doubt in your mind. Not in your heart, not in your soul, in your mind. Why? Because that's the spot he deals with you on. My. Now notice this. Watch this very carefully. The members of the body... How each member basically affects the other. The fingers, the hands. If you neglect, it's like me and Brother Scott speaking back there. Knee surgery he's had, shoulder surgeries I've had. If he and I or you neglect that part of the body, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Is that right? Then let's take all of that and apply that on the spiritual application. I need you to understand this now. I'm taking two and putting in one now. I just had to change real quickly. Same subject though. It begins to break down the body and the body's not able to operate the way that God's in ordered it to operate. Oh my. That works on the natural and also works on the spiritual. That's when, we, that's when we are basically when the angels were took out of their place. Now God puts them in a place, listen carefully, and places them under reservation in a place of reserve till the judgment. But that doesn't mean that they're way out yonder somewhere and over yonder and up yonder and down yonder. They're right here. Amen. But listen carefully. You might have not ever heard it preached this kind of way. But it'll be all right. I still believe the message. Because you have to 
You and I have to manage our mind. You say, Brother Tim, I don't understand what you're... Just, just, just preach that you know, we're the seed of God and we're this. If you don't believe that you're the seed of God tonight, something's wrong. I'll call it mind management. Because mind management is life management. Well, Brother Tim, the Holy Ghost is down in my soul. I ain't got to worry about none of that. Really? How many of y'all ever had bitterness? Y'all don't have to raise your hands. When I ask the question, you don't have to do that. I'm just, I want you to think. How many of you ever been mad at somebody? And, and we don't need mind management. Because here's the thing. If you remember within your mind, listen carefully. I, 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 I want to try to get this over to you because I want to show you something. If you remember within your mind, it's because what happens in your mind comes to reality. What happens in your mind comes to reality. That's why you have to be careful with your mind. Look at this scripture. No man which hath lighted a candle putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they, that they which come in may see it. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, listen to Jesus now. Take heed therefore that the light which is in thee be not darkness. In other words, take heed means to observe, to fix one's eye upon or to consider to be on guard or to be very watchful. Because that's the area that Tim Burdett has to hold himself accountable for. Each individual holds yourself accountable right there. Why? Because it's the age we're living in. See, you're living in a day where no one's accountable anymore. Now listen, I'm supposed to be preaching to the body of Christ. I'm supposed to be pre preaching to the church. I'm supposed to be preaching to the chosen, elected, predestined of God. But in saying all that, you still live every day in Johnson City. So you and I need something to help me in my everyday walk. Everyday walk. Because each person must be accountable for the word that they have heard. Uh-oh. Now notice. Many people don't realize the power of the enemy. Listen carefully. Many don't realize the power of the enemy because when, notice the word now. If you would just look at it and just bear with me just for, just for a second. Just for a second. Just bear with me for a second. It would seem... 
trying to learn how to say this a, a, a different way. It would seem that you and I, the bride, God has no power to the flesh. Now, there's a reason for this. If you watch the word in Scripture, and we see what God done here and God done there and God done through them through the church ages, God done in, the, in Brother Bam's day and God done in our day. If you would look at it, it looks as if the enemy is running rampage. And he don't have to answer to nobody. But he's wrong. He ain't figured that out yet. And somewhere down through our message life, we have forgot that. <laughs> you understand? He seemed like, oh, I can run rampage. I can make this and I can shake them like a rag doll. I can do this and ain't nobody can do nothing about it. And we many times because of mind world listen to what he's got to say. And we forgot what the word said we was and what we could do. Because the word doesn't change. Have you ever, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of a day and seen a day like this day? Because when you look at the world we're living in, it looks like it's in totally disarray and disorder. My people don't even know if they're a boy or girl anymore. Come on. They don't know what they are anymore. They wake up one morning and say, which bathroom do I go in today? You think I'm funny, but I'm telling you the serious truth. We've got them building extra bathrooms in our schools because we got them in our schools. Because they wake up and didn't know what they are. You know, well, yesterday I was a boy. I think I'm going to be a girl today. They've lost their mind. They said, what would you do, Tim? I said, i tell them real quick. You straighten up, I'm going to ship you somewhere else, Jack. I, told, I was in a restaurant the other day, and three or four come in, and this, she, it, whatever it is, come in the door, sitting right there beside me, and I'm watching, and I saw, my God, that's them. You know, and I'm looking. Mine never leaves them. So she, it, whatever, gets up to go to the bathroom. It's a boy. She's dressed as a woman, a girl, going in the women's bathroom. I told him, I said, I'll tell you real quick. Maddie was with me, I said, I'll tell you real quick. You go in there and she comes in there, it's going to be rough because I'm coming in. That's right. Amen. I'm coming in. Why? Because Satan is running, everything's in disorder. It would look to the visible eye, to the natural. Everything's running rampage. Everything's in disorder. And it's causing people to go insane. People are gone. They've lost their mind. But yet if we, that little bride, that little chosen, would understand what he said. It looks as if the enemy is out of control. But if we read in those scriptures, we can see what scripture said about the enemy. 
glory who took the power from him. Then you tell me why it looks as he's running rampage today. Because on Calvary, he stripped him. He goes down there and opens the door and strips him on Calvary. The third day he comes back, he took everything the enemy had away from him. So what has happened? It's those that have been reserved in this hour. And they left their first state and come here. So God has to now give them a place. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. God actually gives them a boundary and a place that they can work in. Amen. Oh, glory. This is the one reason that the Son of God was actually manifested when he does. He totally annihilated the works of Satan. But those demons, those spirits, everything has been reserved in a holding place. Jesus makes this statement right here. All authority has been given unto me and nothing by any means shall harm you. That's the words of our Lord and our Savior. Not all authority has been given unto me and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the word itself speaking to the word themselves. Do you understand, children? God cannot lie. The Bible said that we have been given authority to trample on the serpents and scorpions. That's the enemy. Then where... Where is this spot of this reserved place? Because I can read scripture here and it says I can do this through all things. I can do this through Christ which strengthens me. I can do this and I can do this. And God has done this and he's given me this. And I can do this. That's the Bible. That's scripture. He can't take that back. But Jude says those that slept their first state now has, has a place of reserve. And they're around you and me every day. So there's got to be some form of protection. It seems that the people of God, it seems like they are attacked all the time. I want you to realize that we are not going through the tribulation. The prophet of God said so. The Bible said so. But we are going to be pressured. That's why we have to be pressurized. So God is going to, Satan, the enemy is going to bring everything he can. He's going to bring strife, jealousy, illness, diseases. Sickness, turmoil, financial hardships, divorce. On every hand, the divorce rate's 83% now. There's fighting among the brothers. There's backbiting among the churches. Why? And yet the Bible says he has no authority. But it would seem to the natural ability that the enemy has all the authority. But he don't. So now what do we got to do is order to get into the word to find out how much power that this individual has. And you got to understand. Matthew 6 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything will fall in order, and the rest of it will just come when it needs to come. Period. 
So let me tie something together and show the church something here if we could. So if we have the question, then there's got to be an answer to it. How did he get the power that he got in? How did he, if God stripped him, if Jesus stripped him, then how did he get this? Listen, there were angels who did not keep their proper, this is what they are, they did not keep their proper domain. Proper domain means the angels were created to be in heaven. They were created to be heavenly host of God. Different forms and different types of angels. There's worshiping angels, there's warring angels, there's music angels, there's messenger angels. So there's different forms and types of these angels. You understand, some was over the music of heaven. Some was over the wards. Wormwood was over the water. Michael was over the war. This one was over that. Different ones. But notice, many of them left their first state, come from that proper domain, comes down on the earth. And there's a place of reserve. But here's my question when I was looking at this and studying on this. Where is this place of reserved? Where is this place? Is it something that I can see? Oh, it's totally different than what our minds think. So the angels that left their first estate bought into Satan's scheme of overthrowing God. These two-thirds, or third, whatever it was, bought into the enemy's plan that he could overthrow, they come down to the garden. Right? So when they were kicked out of heaven, listen now, they were an element of many angels that came that did not keep their position. I'm stressing this. They did not keep their position as angels of a host of God, of warring for God, of music for God, of, of, of worshiping. They did not keep that. So they buy into that plan of to unseat the creator. Now, I'm going quickly because I want to try to get some of this in. So my question now, where are they? Paul picks it over there in Romans 8, 35, 39. I don't even know if I wrote it down or not. Yeah, Paul picks it over in Romans 8, 35. 8, 35. Who shall separate from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearls, sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels. Now, present why? Because he understood those, those that left their domain. Those that left their position, he understood. Nor height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor things present in Paul's day, nor things to come. Because he knew what it would be like in the Laodicean church age. Listen, finally, my, notice he said, nor depth, nor height, and any other creature shall be able to separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Finally, notice in Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand all the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul picks up on it here in these scriptures. So now notice, what is a principality? Let me break this down. A principality is a state or rulership. Mm -hmm. 
I'll show you what we're dealing with. Means, in other words, there's a leader or a chief ruler in this place of principality, in this state. So this prince is a ruler over people and things. The Bible says he's a prince of darkness. So we know that they're not in heaven. The Bible says hell was created for Satan as his angels. So he's not in hell yet. These angels are not in hell. So they're not in their proper domain. We know that one day they will be done away with, totally annihilated. But as long as they're here, we got to deal with it. Oh, I know we all want it to be just hunky-dory. But if we all just want it hunky-dory every day of our lives, guess what? You ain't going to ever want to get out of here. Somehow God's got to make us want to get yonder. Somehow we've got to, God's got to make us want to get out of here. So what other more than he's going to do than let all those angels that not in their proper domain come down to this earth where we're at and we got to deal with all this. The word reserved in Jude 1.6, but the good thing about it, you ain't got to deal with it alone. The word, the root word for reserve is actually reservation. So God places them basically, if I could say it this way, God places them on a reservation. Listen carefully. They left their original origin. Watch this for an example. Here in America, <clears throat> the government actually marked off certain territory or boundaries. And places on that territory and places on that boundary, certain ones are able to live. This is just an example. Actually, they have their own micro-economy. You understand? I like to break it down to where I can understand it. They have their own economy. Actually, the rules are different on this reservation than what the rules is on the outside of this reservation. Man, I tell you, this is just some good stuff. We actually can go to North Carolina and see a reservation. You can go up there to Cherokee. You can go to all them, you know, them places up there, O'Hara's and all that. Now, I don't know, ain't never been. I ain't got no money to give them if I went. <laughs> and that reservation there, they have casinos where people go to gamble. But there ain't no casinos here. There ain't no casinos up there above it. There ain't no casinos in Anderson. Why? Because... 
the government set aside that portion of territory for those Native Americans. It was their land. So within their land, they have rights under their reservation art reserve that you and I don't have rights to. Why? Because I don't live on the reservation. If you have an eighth or a quarter, three-eighths, that determines how much you have rights. Determines how much you get. I know people that's got certain amounts of certain percentage of this native and certain percentage, then they get a certain percentage from the reservation monthly. I know people live where I live that does this. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying they belong to the reservation, but live down there in, in South Carolina. But notice this right here. I want you to understand. You can't have casinos in Anderson because it's wrong to gamble. But on the reservations, you can do it all day long, 24-7, because the rules are not the same. They have different rules on the reservations. People will drive for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles to do this. My thoughts ain't on gambling. I'm trying to make a point to this reservation. So the reservation ain't in heaven, the reservation ain't in hell, so where is this place for this reserve? Where did God make this space because they got to be judged. So God basically comes down and marks off a boundary. And he marks this certain territory off. And he puts a boundary around this special reservation. And he says, this is your spot. You can work in the boundaries of your reserve. But you can't get out of it. You don't have authority to get out of this reservation anymore. You left your first proper domain estate and you come down here so I've got to place you somewhere, some space somewhere that you're able to work. <laughs> As he marked off this boundary, and notice, notice very carefully, in here you're able to operate. But outside of this boundary, you are not able to operate. You're not going there, devil. You're not going there, angels. I've allowed you inside of this boundary. So God says this reserve is now where your domain is and you can stay within it and you can't leave it. Now watch now. But if the people come on your reservation, You say, well, Brother Tim, I got the Holy Ghost. I don't never go on that reservation. I'm call for a prayer line. I'm going to pray them lying spirits out here. That's right. Who's first? Now, you agreed a while ago that y'all been mad at people. Right. You agreed you had jealousy. You agreed you had bitterness. And you tell me you don't go on their reservation? Because that garbage and that junk is not in God's reservation. So you tell me what reservation I went in. He give him rights for that reservation because they got to be judged. He, it's not a just God if he don't judge them, so they got to be judged. 
They're judged at the white throne judgment. So if we, listen carefully now, when I have a bad thought, my mind world goes crazy. Guess where I walked on to? I walked on to his boundary. Didn't want to. Didn't mean to. But I did. My soul didn't. My flesh did. My mind did. Now once I walk on that boundary, guess what I got to do? I got to pay the consequences. Because the rules are different on that reservation. Now listen, is this all right? I, I, I want to help you. If the people goes on their reservation, then they become subject. Listen carefully. If I walk on to the boundaries of what God placed these in the reservation, then I become subject to their activity. I become subject to that. This is the kingdom versus the mind world. You live in the kingdom and you live in mind world. So now I want you to see how this affects the mind that I live in, that you live in. Watch this scripture. We have heard this scripture. Now notice this wrote in 1 Peter there where he said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. In other words, you're a special people, a called out people, and you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God can't call you out of something unless he's got something to call you into. He's not going to call you out of darkness and put you back in darkness. He's not going to call you out of this and put you back in the same thing you come out of, just somewhere else. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And inside of the boundaries where that reservation is, there is no light. It's darkness. But with the mind world, I walk and creep into the borderlines of that place sometimes. Now, I know y'all don't do that. I'm the only one that does that here. I know y'all have never walked onto that reservation. No way y'all have ever done that. I've got the only perfect church in South Carolina with the only imperfect pastor. Why? Because 99% of them won't admit it. You and I every day get up and deal with this mind world. And that thought that comes into my mind and that thought that comes into your mind. You stepped onto the reservation at some point in time and didn't realize we did it. Oh, that's why we need his grace. So if God calls you out of darkness and takes you into something else, that's a total redemption. Darkness is the domain. Listen very carefully. Darkness is the domain of the enemy. It's not my domain. It's not your domain. It's the enemy's domain. Oh, God, listen, children. So he calls you, Peter says, he calls you out of darkness. Now listen, don't cut me off now. I'm trying to hurry. Don't cut me off. Just let me finish this little part. Darkness in the Bible 
This is where we miss it often. Darkness in the Bible is ignorance. I didn't say stupid. I said that at my church when I was preaching on it a year or so ago. My little grandbaby sitting on the front row. She said, Papa, you're not supposed to say that word. I said, baby, I'm saying it to make a point. Darkness, listen very carefully now. Notice the reserve. Where's the reservation? Darkness in the Bible is ignorance. That's in the New Testament. You with me? In the Bible, light is knowledge. Now tell me you and I don't get on that reservation. <laughs> David says, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. In other words, David says it like this. Give me knowledge in the steps that I take. Why? Because knowledge gives me light to where I'm going. Give me knowledge into the steps that I take every day of my life. That's where I walk. It might be, if I'm in the darkness, if I'm under the ignorance, then I might be walking in the wrong direction. But give me light. Why? Give me knowledge that I know my direction. Amen. That where I walk, that I know I'm in the right place. I need knowledge in the Word, which is light. Why? Because I need to understand the words that Jesus said, that he said he would be with me and he would never lead me. I need that knowledge. I need that light. I need that to become one with me. Yes, sir. God, don't let me be of ignorance of that scripture. Don't let me be in ignorance of what Peter said that I was a special breed of people. But see, if Satan can get you and I under that ignorance. So Satan, the enemy, is not able to get out of that boundary. He cannot get out of that reservation. But God's got a boundary also. And I was at this church in 1992, probably before many of you were here, when I first started come, coming here. My dad had just died. Friday, my dad had died 28 years ago. I was lost. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. I was lost. Me and my dad, it was like this. We fished every day. We hunted every day. Everything we done was together. So I was lost when this took place. I didn't know where I was going to go or anything. 28 years ago yesterday. So I made a trip from there to here and asked to speak to your pastor. And in that meeting, he might not even remember himself. But certain things I don't forget. As he laid that Bible out, he said, don't ever forget this is God's boundary. Yes, it is. 
Don't get out of it. I have never, ever, ever forgot that. Why? Because if this is God's boundary and I climb out of the boundaries of his word, I'm subject to the activity of the fallen angels. Not knowing that 28 years later to the day yesterday that I would preach on the boundary in this very church. 28 years ago yesterday. He said, Tim Burdett, do not ever leave his boundary. I'm glad to say that I'm in his boundary, but I will admit the flesh gets out of this boundary at times. The flesh, you get out of it here and there. We don't want to do it. We don't like to do it. We don't mean to do it. None of us in here wants to get out of that. But because we live in Realville and the mind world, the enemy, we step out of the boundaries into his boundary every now and then. And they're watching, they're waiting, and every time we step out, there's the activity. Remember, your mind has the ability to remember and the ability to imagine. And every time I step into his boundary, Timothy, Satan says, Oh, you sure you don't want to be mad at Terry Horn? Why? Because I go on his reservation. I, I, I might just step a toe in it. I may get on his boundary another time and he may say, you remember, you remember what so-and-so done to you? Why? Because I have the ability to remember. And Satan's going to bring that up to my mind constantly. But if I have the ability to remember, then I've also got the ability to have an imagination. One of the greatest professors, scientists of all time, Einstein, made a statement. Imagination. Now, you can go read the prophet's message. You can find where Brother Bram talked about imagination. Most of the time, Brother Bram talked about imagination. It wasn't too good. Because people had imagination, and they just use it, and it runs wild. That's what Brother Bram's talking about. You can have a good imagination that don't run wild. Because if you imagine the kingdom of God and what it's going to be there, what are you doing? You're having imagination of what that is. Albert Einstein said, imagination is greater than knowledge. Listen, why? Because he had an imagination that, hey, I'm going to make this work. Didn't he invent a light bulb or something? I don't know all this stuff. I just remember some of it from school. Ain't I'm talking about the right one? Y'all act like y'all don't even know neither. <laughs> His imagination was so phenomenal. Why? He imagined that he could do this. And he found some way to make it work. 
if we could have the right imagination about the kingdom of God and what God said I was in his word and what God said I was in the right boundary and God says when you get out of that boundary brother Tim you're given in under the activity of the fallen angels that came in Jude 1.6 I placed them under this reservation don't get in that reservation and I find myself Climbing over that fence. Why I do that, I don't know. Mind world. The only way to be in the protection of God is under his boundary. He's not obligated to keep me in that reservation. Why? Because I'm out of his boundary. Oh my his places, listen very carefully. This enemy has a place of this boundary where he operates his world. He operates his activity in this place of boundary. So when I walk in it and I get in it for a minute or a second and he brings something to my memories and he brings something bad here and he brings where this one and he brings on this, then I'm subject to his activity. Then I'm wondering, Tim, what are you mad at this person for? What are you looking at? What are you doing this for? Because I stepped over his boundary for a moment. And then my imagination kicks in and said, why don't you imagine getting back in the other boundary where God can have protection over you. His place and boundary is a reserve called darkness. That's where he lives. That's where he's chained to that place. He cannot come out of that place. He's chained to ignorance. Ignorance does not mean, here I'm going to use that word one more time, don't get mad at me. Ignorance does not mean a person is stupid. Don't use it, kids. Ignorance does not mean that, that a person is stupid, you understand? Stupid, the word stupid actually means a lack of intelligence or common sense. You don't want me to go there. You don't want me to go there. Not in the age we're living in. Because I don't know many folk that's got common sense. So if you feel like calling somebody that every now and then, you just call them and say, you ain't got no common sense. More than likely, they're not going to know the difference in what you're saying. Why? Because they're under ignorance. Ignorance is something that you don't know. So Satan operates, Brother Jim. He can only, God gives him the ability to operate in a place that I don't know. Nothing about. Ignorance. For example, I don't have none of this wrote down, but I'll give you an example. I'm walking out Sunday, three or four people with me. Christy with me, my family, 
Brother Eric, Sister Hope, we're walking now out this restaurant. And they all in front of me, and I'm walking. And I spot an elder gentleman sitting there, right in a booth. Couldn't see these two. And he catches me. Brother, you're looking awful spiffy, spiffy, he said, to me. And I said, he said, I like your tie. I says, you ain't getting my tie. <laughs> and he cackled, and I said, I like your tie. Can I have yours? That starts a conversation that lasts one hour. He slides over in the seat, and I turn around and see these other two, and all three of them's preachers. Two of them's from Indiana. Brother, would you mind having a seat? I says, oh, certainly not. I'll sit with you. So I just slide in and sit. He says, brother, what you preaching on? I ain't never told him I was a preacher. I ain't never met this man since his man alive. He's probably in his 70s. I looked at him. I says, how'd you know I was a preacher? He said, I seen you coming up. He said, me and you connected. The other preacher sitting across from him, he said, you know, I did see that. He said, when you come by, he said, he connected something with you. I said, what you want to talk about? He said, what you preaching on? So I start. <laughs> you don't want to know what I'm preaching on, don't ask me. I said, you got some time? Got all day. My wife's out in the car, my phone's going off. Christian grandkids is out there texting me, where are you at? So I never even, I didn't even get to find it. I just left it on the side. I knew who it was. Several calls come in. They, he said, you going to check your phone? I said, I ain't got time. <laughs> so I started, went through this. The pyramid come up. What do you think about the pyramid? So I started talking about that. This subject come up. Mind world come up. All this come up. He said, how do you think the Jews and Gentiles, how this play in here? He said, brother, I'm not trying to trap you. I said, don't worry. I know you ain't. He said, seriously, brother, I'm not really trying to trap you. I says, you're not going to trap me. Don't worry about it. I may be 55 and you may be 80, but trust me, you're not going to trap me. I'm not ignorant. I'm not in darkness. And he looks at me. He says, and this preacher across from him, he just stretches back. It was all three Baptists. And nothing wrong with Baptists. I'm just saying that's what there was a... Well, I'll tell you what I don't understand, brother. I don't understand this predestination stuff. And I'm just looking at him. I said, yeah. I said, it's sad, ain't it? The preacher beside me is looking at him and looking at me. And he says, what you going to say to that? I said, brothers, y'all forgive me. I said, I'm not here. I said, remember, y'all asked me to sit down. I didn't stop on purpose. Y'all asked me to sit down. I said, you invited me to sit with you. He said, yes, sir. I said, he said, do you believe in predestination? I said, yes, I do. Well, I don't understand how you can believe that. And this is the preacher across from him. This, this elder man here, he's just the sweetest man I've ever met in my life. Me and him, me and him connected just like that. And we just... We was right there together. He says, I ain't never heard things you're talking about. He said, how old are you? I said, 55 this year. He says, 
Where you learn all this? And I knew if I made one statement, he was going to turn it off. Say, I'm not in ignorance. I didn't did that too many times when I was a younger minister. And once you do that and say them couple of words, they turn you off. I said, so I've got them hooked now, so what can I do to keep them on the line for a few more times? He said, bro, where you learn all this? I says, scripture. He says, I'm in my 80s, brother, and I ain't never heard nothing like you talking about. I said, I'm sorry. He said, what do you think about what that preacher right there in front of you just said? I says, I disagree with that preacher. And Ed's just sitting over, you know, he's reared back like this. He said, well, explain yourself. I said, okay. I said, I went through predestination, chosen election, foreknowledge of God, and their eyes got that big around. And he sat there, he said, brother, I've never heard that in my life. So how long have you been preaching, man? You reading the same Bible I'm reading. I said, brothers, the problem is, I said, it's been explained to y'all too different. I said, y'all got it so confused, y'all can't understand it. So I went through it deeper. Went into the foreknowledge of God. I said, do you think God knows all things? He said, sure he does. I said, does God know, I said, does God know that person right yonder? I said, more than likely that person don't serve God. Look at them. You can tell. I'm not putting them in or out. I'm just looking at the out. You know, they may ask for forgiveness, whatever. I wouldn't make my point was, does God know that person? He said, yeah. I said, does God know you? He said, yeah. I said, you don't think God can predestinate you and not predestinate him? He said, I don't understand it. I said, if God knows all things, God knows you and God knows him. I said, so he gives that man a choice. I said, but God know that man wouldn't if he turns it down. He knew his choice. Boy, I went into it so deep. He just stood there and that other guy looked at me. He rode back on it beside me and he put his hand on my shoulder. He says, boy, I got to get back to Indiana. I got a lot to study on now. I said, well, if you need some more, I'm in Anderson. Just come on back. I wasn't about to mention William Branham. But see, that's where we've made our mistake. You say you're ashamed of Brother Branham. No, I've learned. If you can help somebody, don't get them to turn it off. They opened the door. I walked in the door. Don't make them shut the door in your face. It don't make no sense. Because when he told me that they were from Indiana, I says, boy, I started struggling. Mind world kicked in for a second. I'm going to be honest with you. He was, he was telling me, tell him about Brother Brown. Mention Brother Brown. Tell him about this. And I'm thinking, Tim, if you do, you're going to mess this up. So I never mentioned Brother Brown. And the reason they don't know all that stuff, it ain't that I'm smarter than them. They could probably turn me inside out. But they live under ignorance. They're not stupid. They live under ignorance. They live under a portion of darkness. Why? Because nobody has been able to bring them from that ignorance part to the knowledge part. 
So now he looks at me and says, wow, I've never heard a preacher your age, a young man like you, talk like this. So he's coming from ignorance in the darkness. He don't realize it, but now he realizes something's going on. And it all started over he wanted my tie. So if you have the chance to pull somebody out from that ignorance and place them under knowledge, you do that by scripture, not by theological thinking. Because why under that spot of ignorance, they don't realize they're under that boundary. That's the boundary that the reserved angels work in. They can't work in the realm of knowledge. Oh my, why? Because knowledge is light. They can't, they don't, they they run from light. Brother Bam, explain to us about that. When you flip a light on, everything runs back. So when you introduce light, notice when you introduce knowledge, when you introduce something they've never heard and it clicks with them. They didn't kick me out of the seat. They didn't push me out. They didn't say you're crazy. He said, I've never heard it like that. I've never heard anybody explain it like that. I've got to study on this myself. So he now enters into a boundary of knowledge. And he don't even realize it. So Satan, I'm closing. I, I ain't gonna be able to get through. Maybe I can come back one more time and get something else in. So Satan will work in a place in our lives, in your life. This is why it's support, so important that Brother Brown made the statement that says, read your Bible every day. As far as I know, he never said read a quote book every day. If he did, I ain't found it. So if he did, you forgive me for that. But I know he said he read your Bible every day. Why? Because Brother Brown knew within that Bible, within them scriptures, there was knowledge. He knew that the Bible had a way to bring you from darkness into the light. Because Peter done said it. He's brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's brought me from the ignorance where I was. Didn't realize there was a God like this. Didn't realize the doctrines that I believe today. Why? Because I was under ignorance. But now I'm in knowledge. I know better. I know God is real. I know the message is right. Amen. Wonder if this message is wrong. I don't wonder if Brother Branham was a prophet or not. That don't enter my mind. Why? Because I've come from ignorance to knowledge. My brother Tim, you don't never question this message. Why? If this message is wrong, we've all missed it. But it's not. So when he says read your Bible every day, you gain knowledge, you gain faith. You gain something that you need by reading that knowledge. You're praying, God, reveal, help me to understand this. So you're in the boundaries of where the reservation is and the boundaries set there and they're working in their activity. I don't want to be a part of their activity. 
Why do you think we have all these different gender things and all the problems we got? Because they're in that boundary. If the truth be known, they don't want to be there themselves. But the enemy has pulled them into that boundary and they don't know how to get out. That's what we are on earth for to help them. That man had no idea when he come to run a Baptist revival down there. Right, but he run a he run a meeting right there, two miles from my house. He had no idea he would meet Tim Burdett. He had no idea he would hear what he heard on Sunday. He didn't come down there to hear nothing from me. He didn't even know me, but something contacted him when he looked at me. God, listen carefully, God allows them to work. I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find a place to close so I can pick it back up later on. He allows them to work in that place in our lives under ignorance if we don't know what the word says about that subject. For instance, if you take marriage, God allows Satan to work and have a activity in a person's marriage in their lives. They say money causes more problems than anything. The Bible says the love of it. it didn't say money did it, it says the love of it. So how does that happen? God allows Satan to work in that. He gives him permission to work. If you're not careful, this is where we are. This is where this is the king. This is the mind world. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. He said, "I don't know if I agree with that or not." Well, Power Transformation, 1964. But I said you can have the Holy Ghost on your flesh all day long, 24 hours a day, and still die and go to hell. He never said I can get it in my soul and go to hell. So listen, if you allow Satan to work, God allows this now against the knowledge of God. Listen very carefully. He will allow him and give him permission to work in because money causes more divorces than anything in the world. Satan's been given permission many times by God to traffic inside of mine and your finances. Amen. Now, don't you see how that actually deals with the mind? Listen to the scripture. Musicians, come on, please. Watch this scripture. My people, this is Bible. My people die. Because of lack of knowledge. Don't you understand, friends? That's why we got to have the knowledge of God. You don't need the knowledge of everybody else. You don't need uh, uh, T.D. Jake's knowledge. <laughs> you don't need the knowledge of all these. You need God's knowledge. Your only security is God's knowledge. Amen. 
because of that part that we have no knowledge of. Listen, that part that we have no knowledge on, no knowledge in that particular scripture will surely deteriorate if I don't have knowledge of it. And if I don't have knowledge, that means I'm ignorant of that. That means I'm in the reservation where Satan can use my mind. He's not using my heart. He's not using my soul. You get it? He's not using my heart. He's not using my soul because I am God's child. I am God's seed. You can't make me believe I'm not a seed of God. Satan knows he can't get me. He knows he can't make me not a seed of God because if you was a seed of God before the foundation of the world, he knew you. He knew you would be seed, so he knows I, can't, I cannot get them. I just can't seem to get them people a Happy Valley. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow... I'm going to allow them to slip into ignorance every now and then. Oh, yeah. Preach, brother. Oh, brother Tim, now, we're messes people. We don't live in that. You live in Realville whether you realize it or not. But my Bible tells me that I'm a peculiar people. Brother Harry tells me I'm a special breed. That's what Peter says. You're a special breed, Tim Burdett. I know God. I've been trying to tell them that for a long time. They won't listen to me. But what's so wonderful, he told you all the same thing. He just didn't tell ministers. He just didn't tell deacons and trustees. He told everyone in the seat of God, you are special. You have the knowledge of God. But it don't mean you're not going to slip over there on that reservation every now and then. Now this goes so much deeper than what I am because I don't have another hour, to, two hours to go there. So if you don't read that Bible and you don't read that scripture. And where I am in ignorance. Where I am in ignorance. I'm using myself, not y'all. Where I am in ignorance. Satan moves in that spot. Because he knows I'll get Tim there because he's ignorant of that spot. Friends, it's just this simple. It don't need a rocket to fall out of space and hit you in the head and that you to get to understand this. It's just this simple. Thing of it is, we wonder why we get that spot so often, Brother Gary. We wonder what happened. How did I get here? You ever ask yourself, man, how did I get here? You got on his reservation. Not wanting to, not meaning to. But the enemy has a way to lure you, don't he? Even with the Holy Ghost. Just think where he'd lure you if you didn't have the Holy Ghost. That's what you better be grateful for tonight. That's what you better be thankful for tonight. God give you the privilege to have the Holy Ghost, to have the knowledge of the Holy Ghost, to ask Him to give you more and more and more every day of your life. You don't need it one time and then don't need it 20 years down the road. You need it every day of your life. You need to ask Him every day of your life. Why? Because I just read that quote this week. The prophet of God said it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It ain't going to get no better. So you need the Holy Ghost every day. I need Him every day. I need him to direct me, to lead me, to guide me. God, I don't want to go with them boundaries. I don't want to go on them, re- on them reservations. 
in ignorance, Lord. Oh, I'm so glad he called me out of darkness into knowledge. Why did Jesus say in Luke, make, take heed that the light you have be not darkness. Think of that scripture in Luke. Take heed that the light you have be not darkness. Why? There must have been a lot of people that had light, thought they had light, but was darkness. That's Jesus. I didn't make that up. That's Jesus. He called me out of ignorance. He told me to know that God sent a prophet. He called me to realize the seals has been opened. He called me to realize the thunders have sounded. He called me to realize all these things that that prophet of God said will come to pass. I'm not in ignorance of that. I may not I know it all, I may not understand it all, but I am not in ignorance of a lot of it. Because he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called me out of, but yet brought me into. Hallelujah. I'm no longer in darkness. I'm no longer in his boundaries. But I'm his light. I'm in his knowledge. And we all can be that way. Did Isaiah 9 6 mean and the government of, will be upon his shoulders his domain Amen. so God has a rulership too Amen. God has a chief too <laughs> oh don't you forget enemy God has a general too. Amen. Don't you forget, enemy, that God has warriors too. Amen. Don't you forget, enemy, that God has angels too. Amen. And we all are angels of light. So when you slip into that reserve spot for Jude 1.6 says they were in the reservation I pray to God this night comes to your mind. That preacher said, be careful there. I believe I've got the Holy Ghost, but Lord, I've tipped my toe into that boundary. You forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord, not to have that thought. Where'd that thought come from? In his boundary. God, help me to have your thoughts. Ecclesiastes says, let me have your thoughts. Let me have your ways. Why? Because that's where his boundary is. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know, but God sent me the different route. (laughs) 
Maybe we can have a week-long meeting one day. I'll teach you the mind world. I'm going to tell you, Harry, brother, I ain't never learned so much in all my life. And I'm going to be honest with you, before I started studying on this, I was ignorant to this. Not to the message, not to the Bible, not to God. But I was ignorant to the fact how easy it is to get in his reservation. Because you'll agree, you'll under, you'll agree with this. We think because we got a message book in our Bible. Yeah, and I got one. I keep this in there so people know that I'm still in the message. This got so bad now, you know. You got to be careful where you go. I keep that in there so no. I still believe it. Here it is. Here it is. But it's gotten so bad. You think about it. I was ignorant to all those things. And when I started studying on this mind world, it blowed up. And I went and got me a drawing board for my church. And I placed a drawing board on the back wall. And I drawed everything I could. I'm not an artist, but I became an artist for about five months. I was drawing the kingdom of God, the spirit, the, the anointing of God, the, the flesh, everything, and laid it out in, the, in, in drawing board form. That way it was so simple. I brought it down to simplicity. And I didn't even understand it was that simple myself until I started digging in it. Brother Tim, we just don't believe stuff like that. You know, I've had people, well, I just don't see stuff like that. You know, we're in the message of the hour. Okay, we're in the message of the hour. But y'all said, y'all had bad days. Y'all said you had bitterness in your life before. I didn't say you did tonight. Y'all won't raise your hands. I didn't tell you to raise your hands. I asked you, did you have it? I didn't tell you to admit it. Y'all did that on your own. <laughs> uh, don't blame that on Tim Burdett. Don't blame that on me. Uh, I didn't broke it or something. What happened? Let's just leave it alone. <laughs> but I'm no longer in ignorance of that. But since I've learned that this spot is so easy to get in, it don't take but just, I mean, just that much. And then my memory goes back to 92 to where I was sitting in that office right there. And that boundary hit me, Brother Harry. And I couldn't get away from it then. I'm so glad to know that God sent a prophet to help me with this. But I'm going to tell you, when we, was, when we was in the world, when we was in Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, Church of God, Pentecost, or whatever you was in, you was in ignorance. Didn't realize it. But he said, there's a prophet come to him. Okay. I didn't fight with it. I just can't, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know if I can believe that or not. I didn't do all that. Let's stand together and give him a hand clap of praise, would you? Now, gee. I'm so glad he found me. I'm so glad he found me. Well, I was on the mountain. I was wandering from the fountain. Well, when I heard. Savior, speak to me. He said, come to me, relenting of your sins, repenting, and I will lead you out.
you see He's the dearest friend that I've ever
It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not born again. Just don't stay on it too long. When you feel his activity, say, oh, I must be in the wrong boundary. Help me get over here. Look at me. Well, Brother Tim, how do I know if I'm on his boundary? Your thoughts change. Remember, God's done been to the kingdom. He knows what the kingdom is. He's trying to get it to you and I what the kingdom is. He knows what it's like in that kingdom. He knows what he's trying to get me to in that kingdom. Well, hurry, I could preach all night to this. I'm not. Don't get nervous. But I could preach all night to this. Why? When you get into that boundary and you realize what God made you and what God did for you. But Tim, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know, I don't know when I get over there. If your thoughts change. And suddenly you say, man, I, I used to didn't think this way. Come on, brother. Well, you know, I remember when old brother Harry did this to me. You're in that boundary. Because if brother Harry done you wrong, God don't even remember him doing you wrong. You're the only one remembers that. So when you remember that, you got in that boundary and that reservation, just step all up and say, God, forgive me for that. I, I'm sorry for my ignorance, Lord. Yeah. Harry didn't mean to do me that way. He didn't mean to do that. Yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah. Oh, so I'm so glad he found me. We were some way, way off in left field. But he showed up one day. He showed up one day. Let me tell you something, friends. I'm closing. Don't worry. Y'all ain't got but 10 minutes home. I, gotta, I won't get home at 2 o'clock, probably. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. I don't want you to have pity for me. I just want you to pray for me. It'll be all right. It was just a little girl wanting to move to. She believed this message. She had got a hold of her prophet's book. She believed it so much, Sister Jenny. She talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. Her mom and daddy was so fierce. Her mom and dad was so fierce. She was a young girl. Her mom and dad was so fierce. They said, we're going to do everything we can to get you away from this William Branham garbage. We're going to send you away. We're going to put you in another state. This was over in another, in another nation. Said, we're going to put you somewhere else where you get away from it because we're tired of hearing about it. We don't believe that garbage and that nonsense. So they said, we're going to send you to school. She said, okay. They sent her to school in Georgia. And somebody had to take her in. You know how these girls and kids go on these, what you call them things, and they live with somebody? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. I don't know the word to use, but you know what I'm talking about. And lo and behold, Brother Gene, the family that took her in was in the message. She's still in it today. Why? Because God ain't going to lose one. I've never lost one. And I will put her in a home that believes it more than anything. Her mom and daddy couldn't believe it. 
sinner around the world and she still winded up living with a message believer. I don't care how much mind world you live in and how the problems you face every day, there's nothing too big for Jesus Christ. There's nothing too great for God to handle. He will take care of it. God bless you. It's been an honor to be here with you. It's been a privilege to preach to you. I hope you got something. You get on that reservation, just remember it. You'll know. Just don't stay there. Jump back over real quick. You may walk on it and tiptoe it a couple of times a week, once a month. You don't know. Different seasons, different times. Satan works in the ignorance. Don't be ignorant to the fact who God is. He's the one and only. Everybody will turn against you, but he won't. He loves you. God bless you. Give God a good hand. Word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Appreciate it, Brother Tim. Amen. Let's sing this song as we go tonight. Service in the morning at 11. I, I believe Brother Donnie will be back in the morning. Is that correct? Amen. With us. So come believe and come expect. And let's sing this tonight as you go. Oh, one day I'm going to take a step toward my theophany. One day I'm going to take another step into my theophany. One day I know. That final step is going to set me free. My theophany, oh, I hear it calling me. Oh, when it's calling, come up a little higher into the perfect word. Come up a little higher into. Love. Oh, come up a little higher, soar through the heavenlies, my theophany, oh, I hear it calling me, oh, now don't you worry, little children, should death knock on your door, you know that doorway that leads to that heavenly shore over there's no heartache no sorrow grief or pain it's perfect love peace and joy beyond compare oh one day I'm gonna take a step towards my theophany step into my theophany one day I know that my
theophany. Oh, I hear it calling me over the next hill. I look and I see victory around the next curve in the road. That old devil, he's got to flee. God's army is marching, marching onward to slay the old enemy. Around the next curve I see Jesus coming for me. Oh, one day I'm going to take a step towards my theophany. One day I'm going to take another step. Into my theophany One day I know That final step Is going to set me free My theophany Oh, I hear it calling me Oh, one day I'm going To take a step Towards my theophany One day I'm going to take another step into my theophany one day I know that final step is going to set me free my theophany oh I hear it calling me oh and it's calling come up a little higher into the perfect world Into agape love 